0: So today we're going to finish this prayer series, and when we look at the Lord's Prayer, I want to read it for us, and we're going to look at verse 13 specifically, so let's read it together. Uh, Matthew chapter 6, verse 9. This, then, is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. So today what we're gonna look like look at specifically is verse 13, and it says, And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. If you've been with us the last five, six weeks, we've been going through this Lord's Prayer, and Jason Shelton uh, took us last week through verse 12 and did an excellent job of, of communicating. If you missed that or if you missed any of these, uh, I would hope that you go to the, the podcast and listen to this. But God's been doing some cool stuff as we've been looking at this Lord's Prayer. Uh, we, we sing our theology. It's true. When we sing, we sing our theology. What we think about God, the proclamations of who God is, what he's done in our life. We sing our theology. We also pray our theology. And as we look at the Lord's Prayer, it is full, it is thick about who God is. And what we believe about him, how he, how he moves in our life. And this prayer is, is not a new prayer. This prayer has been, been around. Jesus says, this is then how you should pray. And so it's been around for thousands of years. And many men and women have gone before us in this prayer. Some, word for word. Like they say this prayer every, every day, word for word. And what I'm hoping we're getting in this is, as we go through the Lord's Prayer, that it's not just a a rote thing that that we recite word for word, but it's a heart, and this is a base of how we pray. And we use our own words to say, like in verse 9, our Father in heaven. We use our own words to say, God in heaven, my Daddy, Abba, Father. And we use this as a great model to pray to God, to talk, to commune with God. So last week, Jason talked, and we look at verse 12. I want to look at that for a second as well. And we come across this word, forgive. When we look at forgive. It says, to, in essence, is to remove all guilt. And sometimes the only possible way to forgive is to remember the degree in which we have been forgiven. So we look at verse 12, and it's this fancy word that if you, you're taking theology, it's called this Justification. It's the moment that we realize how bad we actually are. And God comes in and just floods us with his love and justifies us. And we see that in verse 12. And then we move on to our verse today, and it's verse 13. And verse 13 says, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. And when we look at this, it's really talking about the life of a Christian. And it's this fancy word called sanctification, which means nothing more than God making us more like him every day. I thank God that he has forgiven me. I thank God that he continues to move in our life, and I pray he's moving in every one of our lives. As I look at this this word sanctification and what God's doing to make me more and more like him, um, you got to look more at the big picture. Because yesterday, I said an inappropriate joke to my family. Is that more like God or less like God? What do you think? Less? It was funny, though. <laughs> so Lauren's like, no, it was. You're less like God today, Aaron. You need, you need, you need to repent. I'm like, yes. I don't know about you. Maybe you're, maybe you're a holy person. And, like, the moment you realize God loved you, it was like, wham, you're like God. <laughs> Teach me your ways, okay? Show me your ways. Because my life is more about the trajectory of the overhaul long thing. All I can say is yesterday I may be a little less like God because of my inappropriate joke. I can tell you this, though. I'm more like God today than I was a year ago. Like, my, my trajectory in life is, is it's not like this straight, whoo, I'm like God. But it's been like this. Moments of just great, like, oh, God, thank you. Thank you for what you're doing. But moments of, <laughs> bad jokes, and moments of, of just this thing. But I look back over the trajectory of my life, and I go, God, thank you so much for what you're doing in, mo- in, in my life and how you're creating me to be more like you. And I hope that's the same for all of us. As we've encountered the love of Jesus, and we realize that he's forgiven us of absolutely everything, that we would go and we would forgive others in that same way. And then we would, in verse 13, we'd go, God, keep, keep growing me like you. Keep sanctifying me to be more like you. And let my trajectory just look more and more like you as I go through life. That's my prayer. And as we look at this, this is our prayer. So temptation. Lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Temptation. I want to say this from the very beginning, because you may be looking at this and going, so does God tempt us? It, it, it might, you, you might be thinking that as you look at this, but I, I've just got to say, and lead us not into temptation. Is not saying that God is going to lead us into temptation. That's just bad theology. Let's look at James verse 1, uh, chapter 1, verse 13 through 15, and this is, this is great. James chapter 1, 13 through 15 says this. When tempted... No one should say, God is tempting me. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. But each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desires and enticed. Then, after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. Here's the deal. The God that I know, the God that that I read about in the Bible, He is a good and loving God. Would you agree? He is a good and loving God. He is who he is. It's his character. He loves and he's good. God is not dragging us into temptation and going, oh, this is going to be fun. No, God loves us. He desires greatness for us. He wants his name to be known in us and so don't read the first part of this and go, see, God's tempting me. No, it's by our own evil desires that we're dragged away and enticed. Satan knows this. At the same time, we can say God isn't dragging us into temptation. We can also say this. We cannot say, I mean, we cannot say, Satan made me do it. Any of you ever use that excuse? Satan made me do it. Satan's favorite device, and, and this is a, a commentary com, commentarian I came across this week. His name is Arthur Pink, and he said it better than I could ever say it. So, Just listen to this. Satan's favorite device is to entice or to deceive us into a prolonged self-indulgence in some one sin to which we are particularly inclined. Like the best thing that Satan can do is to walk into our life and he can throw temptation our way for a sin that we're particularly inclined to travel down because it's so enticing. That's the best thing that Satan can do. Here's an example. I was talking to my buddy, good buddy of mine yesterday, and saying how my, my weakness as, as Aaron Havens is over and over and over again, Satan puts subtle temptation in, in front of me. And sometimes I just can't escape it. Like it's this thing that over and over again, Satan knows he's going to put this subtle little thing in front of me in my life to tempt me. It's not going to be oftentimes that big glaring sin that just happens one day. But in my life, it's going to be that slow, long process where Satan is continually throwing this temptation in front of me. So I cannot forget it. I cannot run away from it. Any of you, any of you been there? Like, like initially you start and you go, no, bad. And then it's just brought up over and over and over again. And my no bad gets less to be like, well, I don't know. Maybe once. Maybe this time. Are you tracking with me? Is this how Satan works in your life? This is how he works in my life. It's it's that moment where I just can't escape the reminders that that sin is available for me. And it's actually an option if I want to take it. If I want to pick it up and run with it. He nags me. He nags me. Satan comes after me and he consumes me if I don't purpose to run the other way. Satan will nag at you over and over again if we do not purpose to run the other way, to stand on the promises of who God is and his word. Like God loves us. Satan wants to destroy us. The only tool that Satan has is illustrated kind of like the way that Lauren and I sold our first minivan. It was a piece of junk. <sighs> Got in it to drive it down to the car dealership. Outside, like, it looked it, it look good. Like, we, we even polished it up. It looked good. But we're like, oh, dear God, please get this down to the dealership. It may not make it. Like, okay, it's one of those where you drive it down really fast and you let it sit for 30 minutes, before the sales guy turns it on to look at it, because it may be overheated. You know, one of those kind of things. But us even going down there, I didn't do this, but it, it might as well have just polished the tires as well. Armor all down the tires. Like, on the outside, the thing looked great. But on the inside, it was just a polished piece of turd. Like, that, that's, that's it. Like, and this is, this is what Satan has. Satan polishes up this piece of turd and deceives us. Over and over again in our life, all he can do is he can present to us a lesser option. Something that may look good on the outside. Was turd too much? I got some head shaking. It was too much, huh? Sorry. Maybe I'm not like God today either. Man, Lauren, I need to work on this thing. Okay. He can present to us a lesser option. On the outside, it may look great, but on the inside, let's just say it's not. All Satan can do is present this lesser option. It's up to us whether we're going to pick that up, run with it, own it, or if we're going to turn and we're going to run away from it like many people we see in the Bible. And we're going to stand on who God is and his truth in our life. We're going to declare victory, and we're not going to be captivated by Satan's lesser option. Marijuana. Man, we are all over the place today, huh? (laughs) marijuana. Wow, what was I thinking? Okay, marijuana is the gateway drug. It's, that's what it's been known for. It's the great way drug. I- and I- at first, it's, it's wrong, right? I said great way? Say great way? <laughs> Welcome to Colorado, man. <laughs> preach that. Wow. I've never done marijuana, just to be clear, Okay. <laughs> I went to a concert at Red Rocks. It was like I did marijuana, but <laughs> wow. Okay, the gateway <laughs> drug. Hey, this will be a service you'll talk about often. I know. The, the gateway drug. The, uh, at first, it's like, oh, it's wrong, but then, but, but then it gets to be, okay, it's not even satisfying, which leads to more and more and more and more, right? That's where my analogy was going. Sorry about that. <laughs> and I want to say this. This is all Satan's got. Is he's got this gateway sin. Where it's like, hey, might not be so bad right now. And it leads and it leads and it leads. And I'm not saying there's degrees of sin, but I am saying that Satan is deceptive. He wants to come into our life and go, oh, a little here, a little here, a little here. And we look up down the road and we've just paid so much for sin and we've been there so long. And we don't even know how we got there. And it was just this process that Satan came in and deceived us. Raging sin. And maybe you've had raging sin in your life, okay? Raging sin started somewhere. I mean, it started with a subtle choice and led down a a forbidden road. And suddenly our identity is in that raging sin. Not in who God is. And not in who we are. See, this sin Satan knows, if he can can deceive you and move your identity off of God and off of who you are in him, and more about that raging sin, then he's won. It's not about our actions, it's about who he is and who we are in him. Church, maybe some of us in this place right now, we just need to say, God, may I find my identity in you. May I no longer be defined by my actions, what I do and what I don't do. But God, may I claim your victory in my life. May I claim your forgiveness in my life. And may I march forward confident in who you are and who you've created me to be. See, today could be a day a lot of us will break a lot of chains of guilt in our life. A lot of chains of of just shame in our life. As we look back and we can see how Satan has decept us, deceived us. (laughs) And we can say, God, it's about you and who you are. Amen. I want to throw some Bible verses your way because I, I have a lot of words, but I think God's got a lot to say a lot to say about this stuff. Okay, 1 Peter 5 8 says this be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking to devour someone. That's the reality of Satan. He wants to devour us, church. He's gonna be deceptive. Proverbs 4. Fourteen says do not enter the path of the wicked and do not walk in the way of the evil at first it may sound fun but it leads and it leads and it leads and it's very clear do not even go on that path of the wicked stay away from it do not walk in the way of the evil do not even play with that first thessalonians 5 22 abstain from every form of evil Romans 12, 9 says, Let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. In essence, hate what is evil and cling to, grab a hold of what is good, righteous, noble, pure, God, His Word. So we look at verse 13. It says, And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. May the trajectory of my life Look more and more like you as you continue to sanctify me every single day. May it not be about my action, but may it be about my identity and your, and who you are. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Here's the reality, church. We cannot do this on our own. It's not like we can just wake up one day and be good enough because we've resisted temptation. That, that, that's not what this prayer says. In fact, let's return to the very beginning. And at the very beginning of, the, of this prayer that Jesus is teaching us to pray, how does it start? It says, Our Father, And our Father, who you are, may you grant all this prayer that we've prayed the last six weeks, and you see in this prayer, even down to this verse 13. Our Father, because of who you are, lead us not into temptation. Let the guilt of that fall away, but deliver us from the evil one. And it's only attainable because of who you are. Do you see this? The great lie of Satan is coming in and saying, you will, uh, you will fall in temptation unless you're strong enough. You just got to be stronger, church. You got to be just like, I'm not going to do this. On our own, we will fail. It's by the grace of God and the love of God that he says, it's in my strength and my power, and my identity, you overcome all of this. That's freeing. And that's awesome. Our job is to lock eyes with Jesus and say, make me more like you. We cannot do it on our own. Father, we need you. Philippians 2.13 says, for it is God who works in you, both to will and to work for his, his good pleasure. Do we believe in the power of God? Do we believe in the sovereignty of God that he moves in our life? Ashley's moving up north. Thank God that he moved in that. Thank God that He moves in our life. It's the will of God in our life, and it's for His great pleasure. Colossians 1.13 says, He has delivered us from the, from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of His beloved sons in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sin. Church, when we're a child of God, we are not captivated by sin any longer. got a lot of bible verses today <laughs> here's another one hebrews three thirteen, and this talks about us this church it says but exhort fancy word for encourage one another every day as long as it is called today that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin What does this mean for our church body as we even look at this verse right here? Temptation is all around us. Alone, we're going to get picked off if we're not focusing on Christ. And alone, as in relationally, we're probably going to get picked off. I look around at the strength of the church. And I look around at the power of community. I look around how as his body, we move together and we can encourage each other. We can exhort each other. I look at the power of community. I look at what God is doing here at Church Project. Did you know that just before this, our women were having a Bible study together? They do every Sunday. See, Tiffany, Tiffany, raise your hand. There she is. See her, if you want to be involved in that, or write on the card, say, I want to be involved in this. The power of community as our women are opening up the scripture and sharing scripture and truth and sharing their life with each other, that's beautiful, that's encouraging, that's exhorting one another, that's saying, let's help each other run towards God together. I look at our youth group, I look at Jeremy and Brittany and what you're doing for our youth, thank you. For the youth, bringing them together, to exhort them, to encourage them to run after Christ and who he is. Thank you. I think about our house churches. Are you involved in a house church? Please, rearrange your schedule. Do what you need to do to be involved in our house churches. You can find that information on the website, and Jason's leading the charge. Raise your hand right there, of house churches. Um, So get involved in community. Let's exhort each other. Here's an option even for today. We're having our start class. After, after this message, we're having a start class. If you're kind of new to Church Project, this is a great way to find out about who we are, where we've come from, what we believe, what God's doing here, how you can get involved. It's free food, so meet us in the back if you want to do that. Uh, we've got a lot of opportunity to do community together. We need to do this together and exhort each other as we run after Christ and say, God, it's only by you, and you can lead us out of temptation and deliver us from the evil one. That's the prayer of my life, and that's the prayer of Church Project. One more verse, Colossians 3, 2, says, Set your minds on the things that are above, not on things that are on earth. Although the sin may look awesome, shiny, It may be a temptation. Church, God says, focus on the things and put your mind on the things that are above, not the things that are on earth. If we focus on who God is and we find our identity in who He is, the things of this world will just subtly fade away. I think this is best illustrated by an 1840, 1850 hymn Okay, here's the 1850 hymn. It's by W. Spencer Walton. And here's the words of this hymn. In tenderness he sought me, weary and sick with sin, and on his shoulders brought me back to his fold again. While angels in his presence sang until the courts of heaven rang. Oh, the love that sought me. Oh, the blood that bought me. Oh, the grace that brought me to the fold of God. Grace that brought me to the fold of God. He died for me while I was sinning, needy and poor and blind. He whispered to assure me, I found thee, thou art mine. I've never heard a sweeter voice. It made my aching heart rejoice. Upon his grace, I'll daily ponder and sing anew his praise. With all adoring wonder, his blessing I retrace. It seems as if eternal day are far too short to sing his praise. Oh, the love that sought me. Oh, the blood that bought me. Oh, the grace that brought me to the fold of God. Grace that brought me to the fold of God. Church, as, we, as we've been going through the Lord's Prayer, and as we get on topics like today, and we're praying to God Almighty and saying, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. When we go through this whole prayer, what do you see? W- what do you see as you back away from the individual words, the individual lessons that God's showing us and teaching us and, and growing us to be more like him? What do you see? I'll tell you what I see. I see Jesus saying, this is how you talk to God. Remember who he is. Remember who you are. Remember what I've done in your life. It's by God's grace that we're saved. And it's about him, for him, and from him. And so let's never think that it's about us, church. Let's not get distracted by the temporary shiny things in life. And oh, when we're struggling, let's be honest with God. Let's talk to him. And let's encourage each other in this thing called Christianity as we grow to be more like who He is. It's simply by His grace. We each need that grace. There's a wonderful benediction, a prayer in the Bible that I want to pray over us to end this. And it's found in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 20 through 21. And so I would encourage you just to accept this this prayer that's prayed over you today, and and maybe that means just closing your eyes and and hearing these beautiful words that, that is prayed over you today. Now may the God of peace, who through the blood of the eternal covenant brought back from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, equip you, with every good for doing his will. And may he work in us what is pleasing to him through Jesus Christ. To whom be the glory forever and ever. Amen.